Hey, Lavish Hospitality listeners. Thanks for joining another episode. This season, we are talking about favorite scripture passages or um, meaningful verses, etc. So today, I am going to be talking about some of the verses that we pray for our children. Some of those are verses that we pray without their knowledge of it, just some that we're praying as parents. Um, some of those will be verses that we say over them, maybe at bedtime or um, while we're going down the road, as Deuteronomy 6 says. Some of them may be their life verses. We chose verses for them before they were born and have them in their room and and really repeat them often so they would know them. So I hope you're encouraged by these. And if you don't have children, I pray that these verses would mean something to you today to breathe grace over you. I don't know if your household is anything like mine, but getting kids out the door for school is not the most peaceful time in the life of our, in the life of our home every day. So today was one of those days that was a little chaotic or maybe a lot chaotic. But before I share mine, I have a special guest stopping by the house today to share maybe some verses or one verse or something that she and her husband pray over their children. Hey, so I have my friend Thea here today. She really just literally popped into my house to pick up something and I said, on her way over here, I was like, hey, I'm doing this podcast. Do you want to do you want to share this? And I'm like, kind of put her on the spot. It's okay. Thea, will you tell us who you are, what you do, everything like that? Hey, y'all. I'm so thankful that you asked, even though it was a last minute thing. It's just always a joy to sit and talk with you. Um, My name is Thea Berry, and I am a mom to four amazing kids and wife to Jeremy. Three of our kids are biological, and one came to us through the gift of adoption. So we are very blessed and just very thankful for all that God has given us. I've been a social worker for 14 years, mm. uh, have the privilege of working in adoptions, so have helped hundreds and hundreds of women um, as they've made adoption plans for their babies and walking alongside them as they've made life-giving choices. Yeah. So I'm very blessed, very blessed. And that's awesome. And I remember the first time we hung out, I was like, I left there thinking she is never going to want to be my friend because (laughs) my boys were not fun playmates that day. (laughs) We had to leave early because they just weren't playing well. And they're all relatively the same age. Yes. And I'm just like, man. And I think I got sick. Remember that? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And actually, I thought that Kim wouldn't want to be my friend because I actually came down with a stomach bug while we were there. So I remember telling her, Kim, I do not feel good. I feel like I'm going to get sick. I think you'll have to leave. And I felt awful because I was like, she's going to think that I'm kicking her out because of her kids. And then literally uh, within two to three hours, I had a stomach bug. We're a mess. So it was um, a very... what do you call it memorable memorable um first play date but I think it's led to a really beautiful friendship well and basically we're a mess and everybody else is a mess yes (laughs) it's okay if basically that book beautiful messy friendships I think is the name of it like we're all messes so yes we are talking on the podcast today about scriptures we pray for our kids so is there one that you pray for your kids whether individually over them at night just in your own prayer life, is there one that you would share with the listeners? 
Yes. So one of the scriptures that I have clung to since I found out I was pregnant with my very first Mm -hmm. child is Psalm 91. That is something that we read over the children quite often. Um, And as we pray, obviously it's many verses, but we don't um, pray the entire Psalm. Mm -hmm. But as we pray, I will mention these specific verses from Psalm 91. And it's basically a Psalm of protection. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as mamas, when we are praying over our kids, I think the number one thing that I ask for beyond for them to come to know the Lord Mm -hmm. is for God to protect them, yeah. right? In the yep. world that we live in and the things that they face each mm. day as they go to school and in their lives um, mm. is protection. And so obviously it's um, 16 verses, but um, the verses that really stand out to me um, are verse seven. And then I'll read a little bit down. I won't finish it, but um, a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will mm. only look with your eyes and see the recompense Recompense? Recompense. Recompense. There we go. Hey, there you go. All those (laughs) ESV words. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. And so that is just a very precious, precious scripture that I've prayed over my children Mm. And we'll continue to pray because, again, just as a mom, the protection of our babies is is crucial. So, yeah, yeah it's a really special one for us. Yeah, and I, I love, I've got part of Psalm 90 and Psalm 91 up by my bed that I read. And um, it's, it's hard because when you have kids, you know they are ultimately out of your control. Yeah. I mean, one of ours have has prayed to receive Christ. One of them hasn't. And... I just, I think now more than ever, I'm like, oh, Jesus, just hold on. Like, it, we're not, we're not in control over our kids. And I've been reminded of really recently with attitudes in our house that even their bad decisions, their attitudes are not my fault. That's right. I mean, I, of course, can call, like, I, I know all that. Prov- I, yes. I know we can provoke our kids to anger and the Bible tells us not to, but we are not ultimately responsible for our kids' actions. Yeah. And we're not responsible for their salvation either. Absolutely. That's the work of it's Jesus. The, work of the Holy Spirit <laughs> so. within, uh, within them, coming yeah. to them. And no, that is something I feel like you learn as a mom, mm-hmm. right? And maybe it takes a little longer for others, for some than others. Yeah. And I would be the one that it takes a little longer yep. for, you know, yep. four kids deep. I don't think I realized until probably my fourth one when we adopted Milo that, again, the Lord is in control mm-hmm. and our children's decisions. And again, their sin that yep. they're born into is from Adam. Right. Yep. And yep. so again, to not bear the weight of the choices they make, but to continue to come alongside them, to direct them, to set their feet on a, a straight path, yeah. right. Remind them that's our job as parents. Um, the work of the Holy spirit is obviously to draw them unto mm-hmm. himself. And so I, I feel you, girl. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> and hard. just like uh, relationships are a mess, parenting is a mess. It is. And we're all certainly. in this together, though, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And I'm just so thankful that mm. God guides us and friends oh, yeah. help us in that yep. journey. It definitely cannot do it on our own. So, Thea, thanks for stopping by. Yeah, thank you for having me. Hanging what out. a blessing. I love it. And we're going to have her back on in the fall. Um, I'm going to put it on the spot to not talk about adoption because I have another friend that we're yeah. going to talk about um, that we both know. But 
um, I am going to have you on to talk about how the church can serve women in crisis. Yeah, I think absolutely. That, would be that is awesome. A huge passion of mine and something I've spent the entirety of my career devoted to. And so I'm excited about it. Yay. Well, that'll work. And I will next up share some of the scriptures that Eric and I pray for our kids. Okay. So now we're going to continue um, just in some scriptures that Eric and I pray for our kids or um, just things like that. So I hope that if you're not familiar with these scriptures, that they might become something that you pray for your children as well or for yourself, because, I mean, we can always pray scripture for ourselves, right? Um, But they might inspire you to find a verse similar that really speaks to you to pray for your kids. So the first one, I just wrote these down. They're in no particular order, but... Uh, Jeremiah 32, 39, and I'm going to link all these in the show notes so you can find them easily. Um, but if you want to just scroll through your Bible, we'll do like sword drill like we used to do growing up. Jeremiah 32, 39, this is Sebastian's life verse and Sebastian is eight. So he could quote this verse, maybe not as much now, but he could definitely quote it when he was younger. Um, says this, I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me forever for their own good and the good of their children after them. So we definitely believe that if we are are sharing Jesus with our son, that hopefully by the Lord's power and only through the blood of Jesus, Sebastian will come to know Christ. And that takes the Lord's doing, changing his heart. And that is something we still pray for. And often talk to him daily, like, the Lord has got to change your heart and he has to do it and give you something new because right now you have a stony heart and we need God to give you a heart soft toward him. And then that will hopefully set him up to Lord willing, get married and have his own family and share with his kids about Jesus and the change that was made in him and his kids and the grandkids and the great grandkids and all that, the generation, the generational impact of a love for the Lord and the Lord's work on his life. The next one is Psalm 119, 68. And this is Elijah's life verse. And it's really interesting. I don't remember why we chose this verse for him, but the first two years of his life, were some of the most wrecked years of our lives. Like my husband's life, my life, just so excruciating. And even even while I was pregnant with him, I mean, we got married in October. We got pregnant in December, had our baby in September. We moved to a new church a couple states away. The three weeks, he was three weeks old. And then that 18 months brought another baby and brought a career change and just so much loss. So it was so crucial to me that I repeated this verse often, both to him and to myself. So Psalm 119.68, you are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. And I think how we've taught it to Elijah is, You are good and do good. Teach me your laws or teach me your decrees. Basically, we are claiming 
to ourselves as we say it, and to Elijah as he is coming to know Jesus, that God is good. He is always good. And he does all that is good. All that he does is good. There's nothing that he does that is not good because it's not in his nature not to be good. And teach me your ways. Teach me your ways that as Psalms and Proverbs are wisdom literature and poetry, teach us your ways so that we may know you and walk in you. And that that's a driving force in the book of Proverbs and Psalms. Um, the next one is Psalm 57, 3. I'm hoping that these, um, these numbers, the addresses of these are right. So I don't sound really silly. Psalm 57. See, that's not right. But the verse I am thinking of that I'll put correct in the show notes is, When I am afraid, I will trust in you. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. And I think it is Psalm 56, verse 3. Yes. See, I can do this on the fly. Okay. I'm really not meaning to, but I just had one number off. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. And then verse four, in God, whose word I praise, in God, I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? And even recently, one of our sons had a nightmare and not grounded in truth whatsoever because we know the character of his daddy. But He doesn't want to go upstairs by himself now. He doesn't want to sleep in his own room. So he's sharing his brother's room. And that's so hard. But oftentimes I've come alongside their bed at night and said, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. And I need to say that for myself. I mean, but how often we especially need to share it with our children. Um, I did ask Eric this morning as I was uh, writing these down, I asked him what are some scriptures that he prays by himself for our boys. And this is one that he said, Proverbs 1, 1 through 4. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to youth. Those are just basic foundations that we want our boys to grow up to be wise men, to be men who who listen to the word of the Lord, who listen to his teaching, to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, and to walk by the words of Scripture. We want that for them. And whether you have sons or daughters, you want them to, to listen to the Lord. And it's crucial. It's kind of like learning to listen to you as a parent. They can then hopefully learn to listen to God. Another one that he said was Ephesians 1, 17 through 19. And let me read those for you. I know this is kind of spitfire. But um, you can always come back and listen to this later, starting in verse 15. For this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Verse 17, these three verses are what Eric prays for our boys, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us 
who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. And that's 15 through 20. That's one of Paul's prayers for the church at Ephesus and definitely one of the prayers that we pray for our boys. Another one out of Ephesians. Ephesians is such a rich, a rich book, but I pray for them verses 14 through 21. And I'm just going to read these Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. For this reason, I bow my knees before the father for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And that is crucial to that prayer. It's right in the middle that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And then not in a health, wealth, prosperity gospel, and not that I'm praying for my boys to be rich and to have the best job, but this is so outside of that. But verse 20, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. I'm going to die. My husband's going to die. My boys are going to die. But I want our lives and their lives to bring Christ Jesus glory throughout all generations. And then one, I mean, I told you at the beginning that this morning was maybe not our finest um, moment in our household. But before my husband left for work, um, Theo was over here at that time. And I think it was right before she walked in that he said this to me. And it was really a rebuke to me because I was wallowing in self-pity that everything that goes wrong in this house is my fault. And I'm not a good mom and blah, blah, blah. So wallowing in that, and how often do we do that, especially as moms? Uh, Verse 14 of Romans 6 says this, For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. And we want grace to be the theme of our home. Whether it's people who walk into our house that, that may not feel like they have much to stand on, may have done some things, may not look like the perfect person, may not be the country club-like person climbing the corporate ladder, etc. Like, we want the hurting to be able to walk into our home. We want the broken to walk into our home. We want the people who struggle in life to be welcome in our home. And let me just share with you, as I close out this podcast episode, I want to share with you a quote that my friend sent me. And it is the quote from their church um, that they go to in Nashville. It is um, what they say at the beginning of the service. And I'm scrolling through my text to find it because it's just something I thought I would throw in here. But it's the quote that they say at the welcome of the service. And when I did this for them to hang in their home, It resonated with me so much so that I will probably put it up in our home. And I just want to just send it out as a benediction to you who are listening and um, close out 
and then next week I'll have a friend on here with me as well. It says this, to all who are weary and need rest, to all who mourn and long for comfort, to all who fail and desire strength, to all who sin and need a savior, this home opens wide her doors with a welcome from Jesus himself, the friend of sinners. Go in peace. And if you're a mama or a dad, pray scripture over your kids and have people who pray scripture over you and send you out in grace as well. Thanks for listening, and I will catch you next week.